Hey, LifePoint family, we're gonna get to the message in just a moment, so don't turn this off. But before we do, I wanted to invite you to be a part of what we call a tradition around here. We don't have very many, but it's our one tradition. And so no matter if you're a part of a campus or you're a part of our online family, really doesn't matter your zip code, your state, your country, we wanna invite you to be a part of this season because together we're a part of something really, really special. You know, this is a season where we stretch our faith, where we align our heart around the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And we're, we're theming this series, Here I Am. And it's not really a series, it's a season. It's an opportunity for us to say, God, I'm available. And you know, we conclude every year with an offering, a, a gift over and above our regular giving, where we just say, God, here I am, stretch my faith, align my heart to yours. And I wanna personally invite you to be a part of that. Maybe you'd consider a one-time gift or, or maybe you'd give a reoccurring gift. However you do it, we just want you to be a part. I want you to go to lifepoint.org give to see how you can participate today. And I want you to know this, that whatever you give, we're very, very grateful. I know this season has been challenging for all of us and we're convinced now more than ever that people need the life and the love and the hope that a ministry like this brings. So thank you for your generosity. Thank you for being a part. And together, we're making a difference in the lives of so many. Now, I hope you enjoy today's message. Have you ever had your heart set on something and, uh, and it not happen? Come on, everybody should be playing along in this season. How many of you had your heart set on a vacation, had your heart set on some activity, had your heart set on doing something, and in this season, what, it didn't happen, right? Because you, you had to quarantine, or you had this or that, whatever. You had, to, you, you had to cancel this. They closed it. You couldn't go anymore. How many of you had, to, had your heart set on something, had to reroute plans? Come on, somebody. Had to reroute some plans, right? Because you had your heart set on. How many of you know that when your heart is set on something, your attention gets, gets set on it? Does it not? When, you're, when your heart isn't on it, your attention is not on it. When your heart is on it, your attention's on it. I'm one of these people that's 100%. Whatever. Whatever I'm doing, I'm 100%. I don't understand 80 percenters. I get frustrated with 75 percenters. Are y'all with me? I just can't be around you very long. I don't get you. I don't understand why, why you don't go all in on something. Like, I don't understand why, if, if you want a cell phone, why didn't you get the newest one? Are y'all with me? Like, this is just the way I am. I got into running not long ago, like well, several years ago. I went all in. Like, I got fitted for the shoes. Um, I, I got the gear. Are y'all with me? Like I was cleaning out my closet the other night and, um, and I realized that maybe this isn't the best sport for me to be involved in because at the beginning it was shoes and shorts and t-shirts. When I was cleaning out my closet, it was foot braces, knee braces. Like, I was like, maybe this isn't great on my joints, you know. Whatever I get into, I go 100%. So right now I'm into golf. I've gone 100% in, right? I may not play, play well. Y'all, I look good out there, though. Like, I'm 100%. Come on, somebody. Y'all with me? Y'all with me in the back? You with me? So I go 100% whatever I'm going in, right? Because when my heart is set on something, my attention gets set on something, and my energies go towards that thing. And I think that's true with all of us. No matter you're a Christian, not a Christian, not sure about this God thing yet, or, or if you're all in, whatever it is in your life, I bet that if I followed you around long enough, I could see what your heart was set on. Because I would see it in what gets your attention. I would see it in what gets your, your speech. Like right now, right this moment, 
in my office, the Masters is on right now. Because my, my mind's on that right now. My attention's on that. Are y'all following me? And I think we're all like that. I just think it's part of human nature. I also think that, as I said a moment ago, that as, as we look at this season in our life, that when the things that our heart is set on get shaken, all of a sudden our whole life gets shaken. That I want to propose to you today that could it be, possibly, that where you have been rattled in life could be because your heart was set to the wrong thing. I'm not saying maliciously. I'm not saying intentionally. I'm just saying life happens, doesn't it? And the things that used to hold value don't hold value very much anymore. And, and often it takes some, some major event in our life, some, some moment. Some, sometimes some people say this, man, they, they, they had someone close to them pass and they'll go, man, I'm just really back to what really matters. Or, or, or they had some experience where they thought something tragic was going to happen. And what do they say? I'm back to what really, I just, it just helped recalibrate it's not that we wake up in the morning and go, you know, I'm going to invest my life in something that really doesn't matter. You know, I'm going to spend my attention and my affection and my love. I'm just going to give it to things that really won't, won't matter at the end of the day. No, no, no. We don't do that intentionally. Life just drifts. Work goes on. School goes on. Life just moves on. And I want to propose to you today is this, is that if your world is getting shaken, then maybe your heart is set to the wrong thing. I want to propose that maybe what your heart should be set on is things of heaven. Now, now hang, hang with me for a moment. Heaven isn't something that necessarily we think about every day, but I do believe that eternity is set in the hearts of men, according to Ecclesiastes. And so there is something in us that goes whenever we slow down long enough and whenever we pause long enough to go, what really matters? There is something in us that thinks about life after this life. And here's what I know is that when my heart is set to something, it gets my attention, but not only that, it gets my preparation. That when my heart is set, when your heart is set to something, it gets your attention, but not only that, it gets your preparation. And the opposite is true as well. When your heart is not set to something, it does not get your attention and it does not get your preparation. I experienced this firsthand most of my academic career leading up to about sophomore year of college. Are you all with me? It didn't have my heart, it didn't have my attention, and it didn't get my preparation. Come on, anybody else? Y'all acting like you're leaving me alone here. Like, I'd show up to class and be like, you know, option A looks really great. Option B, you sound really good too. C, you, you sound pretty good. Like, I don't know, none of the above. Like, you know, I, I, I remember taking the ACT or the SAT, and I, I don't know which one I took. That's how engaged I was. And I remember this, that they told me, don't leave any bubbles blank. If you at least get your name and fill in every bubble, then you get a certain score. And I was like, hey, here we go. And then I also knew that you had a time limit for it. This was, I was 17, a long time ago. Since then, I've done very well academic, did graduate school, great. All right, it all ended up well. So you don't think, wow, who are we following here? But I remember they gave you like a certain section for a certain amount of time for a section. And so in my mind, I thought the faster I fill out these bubbles, the quicker I can take a nap because I'd been out late the Friday night before. And so this is no lie. Sorry, mom. A, B, C, D, E, E, D, C, B, A. A, B, C, D, E, E, C, D, A. And this is the next line. A, B, C, D, E, E, D, B, A. I just went there. I figured at some point I'm hitting the right answer. 
I didn't prepare because academics at that moment in my life didn't have my attention because they didn't have my heart. Can I tell you something? That if heaven has your heart, it'll have your attention and it'll have your preparation. And I feel like as your pastor, my job is to prepare you for then and help you live well now. It's prepare you for then and help you live well for now. And so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do what my favorite professors in college would do, and it was this. They would give us former tests and say this is the kind of test. They would file them in the library. Come on, somebody. Or like when Tammy and I first met and I had Dr. Bloss in history and her and her boyfriend came up to me in the food court and said, hey, I have Dr. Bloss, you know, at the beginning of the semester, you're telling everything you ha- who you have. And she was like, oh, I had him last semester. I still have my notes. If you want to meet up later, I'll give them to you. It's like, yeah, you want to meet up later. When he's not around, I'll be happy to. She doesn't recall it that way. I recall it specifically that way. I have a great memory. And so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the questions to a two-part test so that you're ready to answer them and so that your heart is set and you're prepared for then and you live well now. You're prepared for then, but you live well now. I want you to see this in scripture and, and, and at this, the beginning part is going to be a little bit like heady and maybe heavy. Are you with me? But just hang with me. And, uh, and I'll give you some really practical stuff by the end. The Bible says this in Romans. It says, you then, why do you judge your brother or sister? That's a great question we should ask ourselves right now. Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all, somebody shout all. all. We will all stand before God's judgment seat. All of us. So nobody's exempt from this. Nobody gets a bathroom pass on this. Everybody's going to be a part of this test. And he says, it is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account for ourselves to God. So, so um, I'm going to show you in a minute that this shouldn't scare you and this shouldn't even make you nervous. If you're prepared for the test and you know the answers to the question, I don't know, those were the ones I was like, let's go, give me the test, about to get 100, bam right? And I'm going to prepare you in that way. I'm going to be a good pastor to you today and prepare you for that moment then and how to live well now. And then this is the question, and I don't know how it's going to happen, but this is question number one. We'll show you that I think will, I think it'll be asked. I know it will be. I don't know how, but it'll be something like this. And I don't know how the process is going to go. I don't know if it's going to be like the DMV, like you get a number and it's like D52. And you're like, you come up to the window and like Jesus asks you, like, I'm not, I'm not sure how it's going to, are y'all with me? I don't know. But I do know this, that you will stand before God. All of us, whether you know God, like him, don't like him, into it, not into it. All of us will stand before God and we got to get ready for this, this question, number one. And it's this. What did you do with my son, Jesus? That's going to be question number one. What did you do with my son, Jesus? What'd you do with that? I'm just, I don't know if it'll come out exactly like that. I don't know if it'll be those exact words, but I'm just telling you, it'll be something of that. It'll be that sentiment. And you've got to be able to answer that, that question. What did you do with my son, Jesus? Most important question that you'll ever, you'll ever answer. The Bible says this in Revelation. It says, 
Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. I don't know if you know this, but everything you've done is getting recorded. Some of you are like, oh, Jesus, help me. There's books recorded. You're like, I didn't think he saw that. No, he saw it. Some of, some of you are like, they're just copying and pasting your Facebook feed and putting it to the, oh, I'm kidding. Another book, singular, was open, which is the book of life. This is the one you want your name in. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. So, uh, so if you're, if you're in the like deeper study, you want to be a good note taker today. There's two judgments, two questions. Number one is what's called the great white throne judgment. And this is where you'll stand before God. And, and I don't know exactly if it's going to be phrased this way, but the, the point of this one is what did you do with Jesus? The point of this moment, because the only thing that will matter at that moment is what you did with Jesus. You won't be asked how, um, how generous you were. You won't be asked um, what, what, what heights of your career that you attained to. You won't, you won't be asked the square footage of your home or the furnishings inside of your home. You won't be asked how great your business grew or how well you built it. You won't be asked what kind of employee you were, employer where you were. You won't be asked what your stock portfolio is. You won't be asked about your real estate investments. You won't be asked about any of that. The only thing that will really matter, and none of that is intuitively bad or negative or you shouldn't have it. Are, are y'all with me? Don't hear me saying that. I'm just saying in that moment, the only thing that will matter is what you did with Jesus. That's the only thing. And so I want to prepare you for the test. And I want you to answer the question, what have you done with Jesus? Matthew says it this way because I think sometimes we can think that it's, it's all the stuff that we do that really matters. He said it this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. It's kind of a sobering verse. But only who does the will of my father. And he said, many of them are gonna say, I did all kinds of church stuff. I prophesied, I, I drove out demons. Like I was all in. Performed miracles. And then he'll say this, I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. What a sobering verse. You know what he's saying? He's saying, some are going to come to me that day and say, Lord, Lord, I was on the dream team. Lord, Lord, I, was, I gave the kingdom builder offering. Lord, Lord, I was in a small group. Lord, Lord, I was on a serve project. Lord, Lord, I went on a missions trip. And he'll say, but I didn't know you. This, this is why we say we want people far from God to become fully alive in Christ. And the way we do that is helping people, number one above everything, know God. Not know about God. Not some have religious experience. Not, not, I took communion. No, no, I knew God. I had a personal relationship with God. This is why the Bible says that, that you're not saved by works so that you can't get the credit. It's a gift of God. It, you, did, you didn't get it because you did some great things. You got it because Jesus is great. Great. 
and you came to him and said, Jesus, I place my faith in you, not in my good works, not in my acts of service, not in anything else I do. The only thing that will matter. I'm just telling you, you're going to come to a moment and the test question is going to be, what did you do with Jesus? I want you to get the right answer. I want to know that you lived well now so you were prepared for then. That's the great white throne judgment. If you're with me, say amen. There's a second question. And I don't know that it'll be phrased like this. And and it'll only be asked to those who made it through the first question. And it'll go something like this. What did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with Jesus? And then what did you do with what I gave you? In other words, how did you steward everything that I put in your hand? Now, here's the great thing. You won't get asked about what you didn't have. But you will be asked about what you did have. What did you do with what I gave you? Look look at what the scripture says. It says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So different judgment. Are you with me? Are y'all with me? I really want to make sure you get this. Great right throne judgment is one. I know it's a little bit heady, but great right throne judgment is one. But judgment seat of Christ is a different one. And at this one, you're past the, what did you do with Jesus? You're at the judgment seat of Christ and each one may receive what is due him This is a powerful word. What is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And so there is a a, a moment coming, and and I don't, again, I don't know how, I don't know what what the system is in heaven. I don't know how it works. I don't know if we all line up and we answer at one time or, I don't know. But, but something around the idea of what did you do with what I gave you? So I gave you some gifts. How did you use those gifts? Did you use them for you or for others? I gave you the ability to love. What did you do with that love? I gave you resources. What did you do with the resources? I gave you talents. What did you do with the talents? How did you use them? Did you use them to build your kingdom come? Or did you use them to build thy kingdom come in the earth? What did you do with what I gave you? Now, here's the mind-blowing thing. Is that the word do has the idea of he is coming to reward you. How amazing is that? That my service, this isn't my motivation for serving, but my service on the earth to God, God is going, oh, I can't wait because I'm coming back and when I'm due, I'm going to reward you. It really has the idea of I'm going to pay you back. I'm going to pay you back. I'm going to return to you for everything that you did. So you know what? Every time you were generous, I'm coming to reward you for that. Every time that you served the poor, I'm coming to reward you for that. Every time you shared Christ, I'm coming to reward you for that. If, if this is like, you don't get this, let me, let me show you again. And in Matthew, he says, for the son of man is going to come in his father's glory. So there's coming a day when all this is ending. And then he will, shout this word, reward. Shout it. Say it again. He will reward each person according to what he has done. He's coming to reward you. Now, that's not my motivation. I don't serve you to go, cha-ching. And this is where some people get it mixed up because they're like, but pastor, you just said, I don't have to do anything to earn salvation, that it's not by my work, so I don't get the credit. It's a gift of God. But then over here you're going, but I've got to do some things in the earth. Yes. 
I'm not doing things to earn anything. I've already earned it. I didn't have to earn it, actually. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. But out of that grace gift, listen to this. Because I realize and I've got a revelation of how amazing that grace gift is, I can't wait to do things for God. I love to serve God. It's like when when Tammy and I started dating, I was like, oh, I want to be around her. I wasn't trying to earn favor with her. I had fallen in love with her. And out of my love for her, I wanted to serve her. I wanted to take her out. I wanted to get the flowers. I wanted to buy the gifts. Are y'all following me? And so I don't serve God because I'm like, I hope I did enough. It's not like I'm on the voice and I just hope God will hit the button and turn around because I'm good enough. No, God's already turned around and declared me good enough because of Jesus and because he's chosen me I want to serve him I want to love him I want to be generous to him and there's coming a day where I'll stand before him and I will be judged on what I did with what he gave me Daniel what'd you do with the gift to preach I gave you What'd you do with the resources that I gave you? What'd you do with the leadership gift I gave you? What did you do with the, with the heart of love that I gave you? What did you do with the ability to forgive that I gave you? And whenever I am, am judged on that, you know what that's? He's gonna give me rewards. It's gonna reward me. Isn't that amazing? Here's what I don't want to happen. I don't wanna look over in any of us not have any rewards. Because we took all the gifts, all the resources, all the talents, all the time, and built our kingdom. I'm not saying none of it's for you. I'm just saying not all of it's for you. I'm not saying don't do anything for yourself. I'm just saying don't do everything for yourself. Because I want you to live well now to prepare prepared for later. Live well now. So you're prepared for later. He's coming to reward me. And the Bible tells us this, and it uses the metaphor of crowns. I don't know if it's literal or metaphorical. It uses this idea of crowns. These are the rewards. And it says that we will lay them at his feet. You know what I'm doing every time I serve him? I'm stockpiling my rewards so I have greater worship when I see him face to face. And I don't know about you, but I want to have a truckload of rewards because the Bible says I'll take them, lay them at his feet and go, no, this was all for you. Two question test. What'd you do with my son? What'd you do with what I gave you? What'd you do with my son? What'd you do with what I gave you? If you will live in light of those questions, then you will live your life well now and be prepared for later because you'll live in light of eternity. We get short-sighted when we live in light of the here and now. We would be much more fulfilled and much more full of joy if we lived life in light of eternity. You know why? It's because of what Ecclesiastes says to us. He's made everything beautiful in its time, and he also has set eternity in the human heart. God has hardwired you to think about a life that is beyond this life. He's hardwired you that way. 
You're made that way. Even if you don't know God, you are hardwired to go. There's gotta be something beyond this. Gotta be something more than this. And when you live your life in light of that, because here's the deal, you're gonna live a whole lot longer there than you do here. This is just practice. This isn't even the real thing. So let me give you three things real quick that I think will help you intentionally live in light of eternity, all right? Are y'all with me? Say amen. Number one is this. I will intentionally give what I have. Being a giver, being a generous person, I'm not just talking about dollars and cents. I'm talking about giving of your life. That I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a giver. This, what the Bible says, you'll be made rich in every way. This is, this is the Apostle Paul writing to, to generous people. He's talking about people that sow generously. He said, you'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity, here's what it results in, thanksgiving to God. Your generous life results in thanksgiving to God. There's so many ways to be generous. I've, I've taught for 15 years about it begins at the tithe with your resources, being a part of the Kingdom Builder offering on, Dece- on December the 13th. That's a way to be generous, but there's so many other ways. You know what? You can be generous with your words of encouragement. Like, who, who do you know in your life that, that could use a text just saying, I'm praying for you, I believe in you? How, how many, and I know in this, season, this time, it's like, you don't know if you can, but, but you could be generous with a hug. You gotta ask permission first. You probably always should. If you don't know them very well, it'd be a little awkward. You know, you, you kind of gotta, you go in like fist pump, handshake, like it's, it's like you gotta go through all the steps right now. Are we elbow, fan? What are you comfortable with? Like, I'm like, hug me, I'm, I'm all good. You can be generous with your kindness. You can, you can be generous in this season through, through outreach. You, there's just so much way. I'm just saying live a generous life. Have a heart that goes how, that thinks, how can I give first, not how can I keep first? And I'm not saying that to give everything away. Uh, we're, we don't believe in a, a poverty theology that, that you're only godly when you give everything away and have nothing. It's not biblical. Are you with me? I'm not saying everything away, but I'm just saying... Don't keep everything. Give some away. Give some love to people that need it. Offer some forgiveness. Just determine, I'm gonna have a generous heart. What does generosity do? It keeps your mind focused on eternity. It reminds you every time you're generous. I, I, we text to give, Tammy and I do. Every time I text, you know what it reminds me? One, it reminds me that God is my source. Number two, it reminds me this world is not my home. There's so many ways to be a generous person. Just be, be known as a generous, I'm, intentionally. It doesn't just happen. You gotta be intentional. I'm gonna be intentional about being generous. I'm gonna be intentional. I'm, I'm gonna do little things of generosity. I'm, I'm gonna take an act of kindness card. I'm, just gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna buy somebody's coffee and say, give them this card just because Jesus loves you. I just wanna be the hands of, I just wanna express, just determine I'm gonna be a generous person. Are y'all with me? It'll keep your mind fixed on Eternity, number two, is I'll intentionally serve others. Getting your eyes on others, get your eyes off of yourself. I'm gonna intentionally serve others. This is the example Jesus gave us. Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. The kingdom of God is upside down to the philosophy of the world. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the son of man, Jesus, didn't come to be served 
but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is our example. Some, some of you, you've been, you've been here for a long time. Some of you, you've been, you're kind of new, but you've been tuning in online. This is what Growth Track is all about. It's about helping you discover how God wired you so you can make a difference in the lives of others and serve others. You need to go to Growth Track. You need to get, get on the team. Be a part of what? Of serving others. Serving the needs of others. May, may, may we not get so numb that we drive by people and don't even see their pain. You know how you keep from doing that? You intentionally serve. You intentionally get on an outreach project. You intentionally find a way. You, and you don't even have to, if you're like, I don't want to do it through LifePoint. I don't like them mega churches. <laughs> well, then the next time you see your neighbor's trash can at the end of the driveway and it hasn't gone to their garage yet, just go get it and take it. Next time you see their grass too high and you're out mowing yours, go mow theirs. Are you with me? You don't need some organization or some system or some process or some t-shirt to go serve somebody. Just be Jesus. The Son of Man didn't come to be served. He came to serve. Give his life up as a ransom for many. Give your life away. Give your life away. Number three is this. I'll intentionally share Christ. It'll keep your heart on eternal things. It'll help you to live well now and be prepared for later. Is if you'll make it a point in your life when God gives you the opportunity to share Christ. To build relationship with people that in your life are far from God. I'm just telling you the greatest day of your life will be the day that you'd lead someone to meet Jesus. Like it's, it's the greatest thing. The greatest day of your life will be when you invite someone that's far from God to come to church with you. And when I give the gospel, they respond to it. And, and when I say every head bowed, every eye closed, I give you permission to keep your eyes open. Can I give one sneak, like, look. It'll keep your heart connected to the right things. The, the scripture says this. It says, we are Christ's ambassadors. And God is making his appeal through us. Through us. We're the ones that God is appealing to people through. He, he's not like coming down and meeting people in their bedrooms. He, he's making his appeal through you and through me. We're, we're his ambassadors. We're, we're representatives of a, of a spiritual kingdom. And we've been deployed into the earth to share the good news of Christ. Uh, I love this verse in Luke. He says, go out into the country and urge anyone you find to come in so that my house may be full. Now, some of us, we don't like a, a packed house. God does. We're like, I need a little elbow room. No, God's like, fill it up. Fill every seat up. Pack every possible place up, like get chairs out of the office, put it in the foyer, put them outside, build a tent, put out, just, I want my house full. I want it full. Why? Because he cares about people. I love this verse. Jesus said to his followers, go everywhere in the world. Go to Louisville, go to Germany, go to Connecticut, go to your neighbor, go everywhere and tell the good news to everyone. So the, the last question I want to ask is, is why? Why? And I, I love this verse to close with. 
He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth. And so I'm just gonna do what Paul told Pastor Timothy to do. I say it to you. He doesn't say encourage them or tell them it might be good. He just says, command all the rich people. So to all the rich people, some of you are thinking, that's right, Pastor, tell them. No, I'm talking to you. If you live in America, you're rich. If you make over $35,000 a year, you're in the top two or 3% income earners in the globe. So all you rich people, here's how you know you're rich. You have a house for your clothes. They call it a closet. It's because you're rich. Some of you are so rich, you have the fridge in the kitchen and you got the one in the garage. What's a garage? Oh, you build another house just for your car to hang out in. It's because you're so rich. It's all you rich people. Don't be arrogant and don't put your hope in wealth. It's so uncertain. Hello, stock market. But put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. There it is. God's like, I'm not expecting you to give it all away. Just don't keep all of it. Don't keep all of it. He says, command them to do good. So LifePoint Church, do good. And be rich in good deeds. Don't be rich in the wrong things. Be rich in good deeds and be generous and willing to share. And in this way, listen, watch. You'll lay up for yourselves treasures as a firm foundation for the coming age. You know what Paul's letting us know? There's another age to come so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Do you see it in this verse? I want you to live life well now. And I want you to be prepared for the life that is to come. I want you to take hold of life right now. You're not truly living until you're giving, until you're serving, until you're sharing Christ. Let me say it again. You're not really living until you're giving, until you're serving, until you're sharing Christ. Let me say it this way. Because this life is not all there is to this life. This life is not all there is to this life. Will you pray with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to deal with the second question first. That is, what are you doing with what God gave you? What are you doing with what God gave you? He's given you talents and skills and life and energy, time, resources. He's just blessed you in so many ways. And I just want to challenge you to evaluate what are you doing with what he gave you? What are you building with it? Are you building his kingdom, building your kingdom? And then I want to ask you some of you the the first question, what have you done with Jesus? You know, the biggest shame of that great white throne judgment is that someone, people will get there trying to pay for something Jesus already paid for. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Jesus already paid the penalty for all the wrong, all the sin that you've ever done. And he says he wants to give you this free gift. It's a gift of life. It's eternal life later, yes, but it's it's better life now, I believe, when Jesus is at the center of your life. The Apostle Paul told us how we receive this gift. It's, It's not 
church attendance, not membership. It's not, I was confirmed. No, no, no. Paul said this. He said, it's simple this. You, you confess him as Lord. In other words, you say, God, you're gonna call the shots now of my life. And you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You believe, God, I believe in the resurrection. I believe Jesus got up from the grave. He said, if you do that, you will be saved. You confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart. So I wanna give you an opportunity to do that, whether you're in one of our campuses or online. I wanna give you an opportunity to respond to that great gift. I want you to be prepared for the test question. And so we're gonna to pray together out loud as a church. And if you'd say, Pastor, that's me today. I'm far from God, I know that. I know I'm not ready for that moment, but I wanna be. And just join us in this prayer. And there's nothing magical in the prayer, but if you mean it, you believe it from your heart to God's heart, you will be saved. Church, let's pray this together out loud for the benefit of those praying for the first time. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's celebrate those who made that decision. Incredible. Hey, whether you had a campus or you're online, we wanna know about that. And there's a real simple way for you to do that. Just get out your mobile device and text the keyword LCS to the number 94,000, LCS to 94,000. I wanna send you this week a book that I wrote a couple of years ago called Fully Alive. It's all about how to take next step. This isn't the ending of something, it's the beginning of a journey of knowing God, legitimately like really knowing God. And I wanna help you grow in that. So it's free to you. And so if you'll text in, we'd love to get that in your hands and, um, and we will get that out to you. If you found today's message helpful, feel free to rate, review, or even share it with a friend. Also wanna encourage you to think about partnering with us, you know, together through your giving, we can take this message around the world and make a difference in the lives of so many people. Thanks again for joining us today. If you would like to partner with us, you can do so by clicking the link in the description, visiting lifepoint.org give, or via text messaging on your mobile device. Just text the dollar amount of your gift and keyword LifePoint to 45777. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart.